This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Monday, September 23rd, 2019. On this day in 1935, two bodies were found in Kingsbury Run on the east side of the city of Cleveland, Ohio. They'd both been castrated, decapitated, and coated with a preserving chemical agent. These were the first confirmed victims of the Cleveland Torso Murderer. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're discussing the shocking discovery of two mutilated corpses in Cleveland in 1935. These bodies were the first of 12 confirmed victims of the Torso Murderer, an unknown killer who terrorized Cleveland in the 1930s. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Before we unpack the ramifications of the discovery of these two bodies, let's go back to Kingsbury Run, the morning of September 23rd, 1935. Sixteen-year-old James Wagner joked with his friends as they passed through Jackass Hill. The majority of the area around the hill was a dirt trail where many East Cleveland industrial factories pumped their sewage. It had little use to the public besides functioning as a shortcut, at least as far as James knew. James's friend stopped at the base of Jackass Hill, suddenly going deathly quiet. James followed his eyeline. It was a pair of feet, no shoes, just dirty, tattered black socks sticking out from a nearby brush. He couldn't help himself as he moved closer to get a better look. Maybe it was some drunk who'd ended up there after a wild night at the Roaring Third, a nearby brothel and bar. Or it could be someone who'd been injured and needed help. As James approached, he started to wonder about the Lady of the Lake. This was a murder that had occurred the previous year when a woman's remains were discovered in the nearby Lake Erie. James remembered reading about the grisly crime, how the body's head, arms, and legs below the knee had been removed. 
The victim had never been identified, but it was still considered a possibility that the body had originally been dumped in the Cuyahoga River, which ran alongside Kingsbury Run and fed into the lake. The other parts of the Lady of the Lake's body hadn't been found. But now, as James spotted the feet sticking out from the brush, he wondered aloud, could these be her missing legs? It was a stretch for sure. Any surviving pieces of the lady's corpse would have been severely decomposed by that point. But as he drew closer, he realized it was right to make the connection. James and his friends had found the victim of another murder. The corpse was naked, save for the socks on its feet. Its skin was white and leathery. Deep red marks were scorched into the wrists. Most horrifically, the body's head and genitals were gone. And yet there was no blood, not in the wounds, not on the body, not in the dirt surrounding the dumping spot. The boys screamed as they ran from the scene, trying to burn the horrific image out of their brains. But that haunting sight would stay with them for the rest of their lives. Coming up, we'll discuss the beginning of the years-long investigation into the unknown killer, commonly referred to as the Cleveland Torso Murderer. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now back to the story. On September 23, 1935, Cleveland police were called to the overgrown area at the base of Jackass Hill. There, they discovered a headless, castrated body in the bushes. The police retrieved the body and its severed head to transport back to the coroner's office. As they set about the area, looking for any additional clues, they encountered a ghastly sight. There was a second body, just like the first, decapitated, castrated, completely drained of blood. Its skin was shriveled and reddish. This was either a double murder or the killer had dumped multiple bodies in the same spot over an unspecified amount of time. Once the bodies were at the Cuyahoga County Coroner's Office, Coroner A.J. Pierce set about trying to find out their identities. He made a few startling discoveries. Both bodies had, as initially suspected, been completely drained of blood. Pierce was able to determine that decapitation was the cause of death in both cases, and so it was likely that the killer had cut off his victims' heads and then hung their bodies upside down to drain them. The bodies had to have been washed, as there were no bloodstains on their skin. Finally, Pierce was able to determine that both bodies had been treated with some kind of chemical agent to preserve them. This was the reason that neither body had decayed, and also why their skin appeared so leathery. Pierce had seen this before, 
on the skin of the Lady of the Lake. Pierce determined that the first body, the one the boys had found, had been dead for two to three days. The second corpse was much older, as evidenced by the reddish hue the skin had taken on. It was estimated to have been dead for over a week. In reality, the second man had been dead for three or four weeks, but it would be years before Pierce figured that out. Pierce checked fingerprints on both bodies and realized that the newer one actually had a record. The prints linked to the files of Edward Andresi, a 28-year-old vagrant who had been arrested numerous times. Pierce could not identify the second body. To this day, the second victim is known only as John Doe. Over the next few weeks, the case went cold as police could find no real leads. It wouldn't be until the next year, when another headless body turned up in Kingsbury Run, that the Cleveland Police Department started to realize that they were dealing with a serial killer. This was the Cleveland Torso Murderer, who killed at least 12 people and mutilated their bodies between 1935 and 1938. He preyed on low-income people in and around the Kingsbury Run area of Cleveland. His M.O. involved kidnapping, murdering, and mutilating the bodies of his victims before dumping them in areas where he likely knew they would be found. He's one of the most famous unidentified serial killers in American history. In fact, Elliot Ness of The Untouchables fame made it his mission during this period to catch the killer. He never did. But although Ness never caught the killer, he did help end the killing spree in 1938 when he led a raid of the shantytown in Kingsbury Run and burnt most of the area to the ground. With his hunting ground decimated, the torso murderer seemed to stop killing. There were no confirmed victims after that and no answers to why the bodies were found the way they were. It seems unlikely that we'll ever know the torso murderer's real identity. And worse, we may never find any justice for the two victims found on September 23rd, 1935. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on the Cleveland Torso Murderer, be sure to check out our episodes of Serial Killers and Unsolved Murders that cover the case in more detail. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find all episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime.
Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carrie Murphy, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Colin McLaughlin. I'm Vanessa Richardson.